rolling. Fred Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 552, Feb 4, 2021. 51 degrees on this day in 2005, and 28 below in 1886. And now, boy, you sound good. Holy cow. <laughs> All new equipment. She said, hey now. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushire. A couple of days ago, we were noting that Chick-fil-A solved a COVID vaccine vaccine drive-in situation down in South Carolina. I believe Mount Pleasant, either South Carolina or North Carolina. Do you, any of you recall discussing that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, ranks. I say now Chick-fil-A to run the government, either Chick-fil-A or the mob. This is from Scott Mature out in Montana. I was in a Chick-fil-A in the, this spring in St. George, Utah, and it was the largest line I've ever seen at lunchtime. Our car barely stopped moving. The kids walk along while you creep along in the car in order. Their process is amazing. When we pulled in, we were four lanes wide, 20 cars deep back, and we had food, and we're driving away inside of seven minutes. Yep. Scott Matura. And now here's Kelly in Newport, North Carolina. Hail the drive through king. Hail you. you. Joe, at my local Chick-fil-A in Moorhead City, North Carolina, the drive-thru operation is smooth flowing. There are multiple employees with tablets, and they are taking your order before you can get to the menu screen. And as a line moves, they move along with you, walking alongside your car, taking your order and your payment all on the tablet that they have. And they are always smiling. Kelly in Newport, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I want them to run the government. Such. Can you imagine how it must hurt the left to find out that the company they hate the most actually makes the COVID shot vaccine right. run Isn't that smoother? something? <laughs> well, you, you heard that Joe Biden uh, went and visited a remote, a remote northern reservation. No. Well, he had the news crews following him around. They toured the place, and the president asked the uh, chief, if there was anything they needed. And the chief said, well, we have three very important needs. First, we have a medical clinic, but no doctor to operate it. Mm. Biden whipped out his cell phone, dialed a number, talked to somebody for two minutes, and then hung up. I've pulled some strings, Biden said. Your doctor will arrive in a few days. Now, what was the second problem? Well, we have no way to get clean water. The local mining operation has poisoned the water our people have been drinking for dozens of years. We've been flying bottled water in, and it's terribly expensive. Once again, Biden whipped out his cell phone, dialed a number, yelled into the phone for a few minutes, and then hung up. That mine has been shut down, and the owner is being billed for setting up a purification plant for your people. Now, what was the third problem? The chief looked at him and said, we don't have cell phone reception up here. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Kelsey's responsible for that. That's pretty good. Uh, That's a little close to the truth, isn't it? Sure is, Gomer. Sure is. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of stuff here. Got a lot on your mind? Well, I have a lot on my <laughs> a mind. A lot on my mind. Uh, do you guys know what the warmest winter on record is in Minnesota? 1983. This year. This year. <clears throat> nope. Oh, really? 
November 1877 to April of 1878, the average temperature was 29 degrees. This is according to the DNR's website. The winter of 1877 to 78 is the warmest winter on record for the Twin Cities with a December to February average temperature of 29. The next winter that compares is 1930-31 with an average temperature of 26.9. And in third place is the winter of 01-02, with 26.8 degrees. Mm. It was so warm. How warm, how was, warm it? was it? That many lakes and rivers didn't ice yeah. over at all. Farmers near Minneapolis that winter reported in the Minneapolis to the Minneapolis Tribune they were plowing fields until late December 1877. There were three days with sub-zero temps in early January 1878 that did actually cause the Mississippi and St. Paul to freeze. The freeze over made it so the river was closed for navigation until the 28th of Feb. Not much snow must have made getting around easier, right? No, most roads were dirt, and the lack of snow made them nearly impossible with deep ruts. So there you have it, if, in case you're at the, at the cocktail party and somebody wants to gaslight the hell out of you about climate change, there's a little trivia question for you. you when go. did Minnesota have a winter that wasn't? Well, it was 1877, 1878. Ah, yeah. Wow, those plows were uh, single-bottom plows. Drawn by horses. Mm -hmm. I wonder uh-huh. what the uh, <laughs> I wonder what the NFL has done to keep those teams uh, safe enough to play this Sunday. Can you imagine the uproar if the 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 Wild just had to postpone four games, right? Yeah. Because of COVID. I'm wondering what the uh, wondering what the NFL is doing. Uh, well, I know Kansas City hasn't even left town yet, have they? No, it's been a remarkable week of not much hoopla about the Super Bowl. Which is just yeah. fine with me. And me I too. love it, the game, but I don't need two weeks of nonsense. In my day, you had to go down for the whole week and, and just bust your brain trying to come up with stories. And, and it was difficult. It was a difficult week. And this week, uh, I envy the reporters. They'll probably fly in Saturday, cover the thing, and go home. But you do miss the uh, you know the guy in the superhero costume that asks Tom Brady <laughs> what his favorite type of dessert is, you know things like that. No, I don't miss any of that. Oh, okay. I, I, I found it uh, terribly dreadful to tell you the truth. I, I just didn't like it at all. But think of that: if you didn't do that, you wouldn't get the great. These hotels would be in a lot of trouble if that water wasn't there. Boy, these hotels would be in trouble without that water. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, uh, I got to do it. We now learn. We now learn. We now learn. We now learn. If we hadn't already known that occasional cortex is a liar. Of course, there's liars on both sides of the political aisle. In fact, I would say that. In fact, didn't the Washington Post keep track of all of Trump's lies? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you think they're doing the same thing for for Biden? I, I think they should. They're equal opportunity liars. The left is capable of lying just as much as the right. An occasional cortex uh, has talked about this trauma she experienced during the riot at the Capitol on January 6th, and it turns out she wasn't there. Oh, that's her, her office. Her office is in a, in the Cannon Building, which is part of the Capitol campus, but nowhere near the Capitol building itself. She wasn't in it. <laughs> oh, Joe, that's just a minor little detail. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was the same trauma we suffered watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she had been barricaded. This is the New York Post. She had been barricaded in her office for hours. And, and again, an office not near the Capitol building. 
when a man who turned out to be a Capitol Police officer rushed into her office to direct her to safer location. The officer, occasional Cortex said, had anger and hostility in his eyes, oh making her making her question if, if he was trying to put her in a vulnerable situation. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. The 31-year-old lawmaker then became emotional, revealing that she was a sexual assault survivor, which caused her to struggle with the idea of being believed. In other words, she's a, she's their lunatic in this Marjorie Green Taylor, whatever the hell her name is. I'm tired of lunatics. It's, uh, that's I'm tired a false of lunatics. equivalency joke. Come on. It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That's not even a, you know. I don't know. Kind of work, worked for me, John. <laughs> well, you're kind of a lunatic. I don't want to dwell on AOC. <laughs> Thank you. I think the only way for this country to handle the likes of AOC and Marjorie Taylor Greene is to ignore both of them. There so, Such, wait a minute. So that statement she said about being locked in her office and the Capitol security guy, all of that was false? No, apparently she was in her office and barricaded herself in, uh, but uh, but she was not in the Capitol building. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and so now a cop comes along, only attempting to presumably presumably help her get yeah. her to even yeah. get her to even higher ground. And then out of the blue, we're suddenly hearing her confessions of sexual abuse at some point in her life. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But Johnny won't let me make an equivalency to Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's probably right. He's probably right. I mean, at least AOC hasn't said that laser beams from space started forest fires. And AOC (laughs) doesn't. In her defense, and I'm no fan, uh, but it's three-tenths of a mile from the Capitol, where her office was. Uh, The woman who who is uh, the Republican representative who's uh, now saying AOC, you know, is lying, uh, there's an interview now with her the day after saying she was just as afraid and had to barricade herself in the office. So both sides here bear some, uh, what's the word I want, uh, responsibility for the lunacy. This uh, That would be Nancy Mace, by the way, whose office is right next to AOC's. Uh, she barricaded herself in her office and, and stayed in there for hours because she was afraid. Next day she did an interview talking about how angry and scared she had been. This is proof that none of them can be trusted. None of them. Is there a garage a logic? Both houses. Is there a yes. garage logic term, Joe, that I'm not aware of for backtracking or, you know, pretending you didn't say something that you had? Is there, oh, is there a GL question. term for that? That's because that's, it's well, just, it's on full display right now with John's guy. What's her name? Green. Uh, it's on full display right now with her. You're right. He's right, Such. We got you. Need to. We need to come up with a. Well, uh, the closest I'm coming up with is headdressing, but it's not really no, headdressing. No, this is no, completely no. claiming that you didn't say something that you are on record saying. That's this a, is what Marjorie's a, up to today. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a clever way to say backtracking. There must be a clever way to say that. Lying. Okay. <laughs> well, right. There you go. Right. So, go. under our direction, G others, we need you to give us a term. <laughs> These people who deny dead children in schools are—they're uh, appalling people. They're—they're—they're they're, they're not worthy of service of anything. They're mentally disturbed. And I get letters, I get emails from GLers who's who telling me to back off on Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, really? Then don't That's be a GLer. They always add the caveat, you know, I don't like her, I don't trust her, but the only people responsible for her are the people who voted for her. No, I feel responsible for her, pal, and she's a complete idiot, and I want her gone. (laughs) Tired of these creeps. She's Um, a... 
Dead end fool is what she is. Black, backtracking is retracing, so we could figure retracing into the phrase. Uh, rapid retrace. Rapid retrace. Rapid retrace. Mm. Republicans have no balls. The Republicans have no set on them. Mm. You cannot defend this woman. You cannot defend her. Otherwise, why don't you just admit you intend to introduce insanity to the whole operation? We're, we're pretty used to it now. You might as well go all the way. Are they doing that, do you think, because she is somewhat, at this point, uh, President Trump's hand-picked person, and they're afraid of any kickback from that wing of the yes. party? Or yes. Do you think that's it? Yes. Is she one of the people that's been throwing around the rhino phrase? Yeah, she uses rhino all the time. See, this this fracture has got to be fixed. Well, the party, yeah, is in disarray at the moment. Somebody needs to grab the reins here and take over because this this is uh, not 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 good, Joe. Well, if I had to choose, I mean, obviously, I'm a Republican and would vote Republican, but I don't feel that she's a Republican. I don't feel that that's the party right. I want to belong to. And she's saying the same thing about you, yeah. people in the center. She's, well, she, yeah, she's she, saying they're all rhinos. Well, if she thinks yep. I'm going to join her in her conspiracy theory, she's additionally out of her mind. Yeah. Uh, but there's a whole wing of the party now that, you know, it's a small wing, but the Matt Getzes, the Greens, the, that Josh they want to turn... They want to turn that party into that, which well, is leading to somewhat of a position. Well, but it's leading to somewhat of a war in the Republican Party, which <clears throat> I predicted several years ago because of the Trump presidency. I wish it wouldn't happen. I wish it'd go back to being the Republican Party. Well, but. then it obviously begs one very simple question: Where's the party? Where is yeah. the party? Where is the party? <laughs> the beer party. <laughs> I'm on fire today, John, aren't I? You really are. You're killing me. <laughs> the media, of course, they're, they're going to cram their microphone in oh, front of sure. the loud, loudest voice on both yep. sides. So it's the far left that gets all the coverage and the far right that gets all the coverage. Meanwhile, here here I am, stuck in the middle with, with you. And a boy. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I just want... Uh, I just want... Uh, the Washington Post to have a have a, a Biden lie counter just like they had a Trump lie counter. <laughs> the Post? Oh yeah. no, no, no chance. Of course they, of course they won't. No. Oh boys, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I hope it storms in Tampa Sunday. I'm, give me something to look forward to. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that'll solve everything, huh? <laughs> really, give me a good rain. You know. You know, there's a, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting uh, situation here. Dr. Fauci is advising us, meaning Americans, to not have any Super Bowl parties. I saw this. Okay, that's yeah. what we would expect him to say. That's understandable. But the irony is, I can't think of a Super Bowl in a long time that would be more worth paying attention to than this one. And when you have those large gatherings, nobody watches the game anyway. So now I have a game I can really pay attention to without being hectored by all these freeloaders trying to eat the weenies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, uh, I can sprawl out on the couch and watch my man Patrick and uh, see if he can beat Mr. Brady. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, but don't you, you f- usually do all the, the, the side bets with the kids? 
Yeah, I'll still do. I'm sure the kids will be here. But, oh, uh, I'm, you're you're talking about much larger gatherings. I well, see. we've had we've had some gatherings where there were people here I never saw before in my life. I had no <laughs> idea who they were. Kenny, we can sneak in and get some goods. <laughs> eating your, drinking your beer and eating your potpourri. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, have another glass egg, moron. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's still a day when you want to get the treats like Red Savoy Pizza. Oh, man. Listen to this. Uh, Jim Wolf writes, This past Friday night, I convinced the DA that we're going to have a Red Savoy for dinner. She's on board. She'd never tried it. The timing was perfect. Prior to leaving work, I placed an order online to be picked up on the way home. The order was a Red's House Special, which includes Savoy's original sausage, pepperoni, mushrooms, green peppers, onions, green olives with extra bake time. This is as good as a double sausage, maybe better. In addition, I ordered the meatloaf boat, which comes with three meatballs the two, and two large pieces of buttered and seasoned bread and plenty of sauce. I threw in a jar of their sauce, which is amazing, and bing, bang, boom, we were all set. The next part is mostly for Kenny. I grabbed a fork and one by one devoured three delicious meatballs on the way home, which the DA never found out about, although the sauce that dripped on my shirt was suspicious. Those meatballs were more nervous than a hunk of smoked salmon in Kenny's truck on the way home from Grunhofer's. I walked into our home, dropped the piping hot pizza and set, dropped the piping hot pizza on the table and said, dinner is served. And I even got us some toasted bread and sauce as a side. She never knew the difference. She was happy. I was happy. Reds was happy. Win, win, win. For the record, the toasted bread is packed in the same container as the meatballs, but separate from the sauce. So after devouring the meatballs, the bread still passed as an add-on due to the perfect packaging. Reds is our now go-to. P.S. If she ever wants meatballs, I will have to place two orders, one for the ride home and one for at home. Jim Wolf in St. Paul talking about Red Savoy. Uh, it's not just soda-style pizza, pizza since 1965. They live it. Starting this month. They're always dreaming up ways to make it more interesting for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Starting this month, when you order a pizza from Red's, you'll get a pull tab tucked into the box. Stop. Yeah? Reed was in here earlier, and yeah. I know you guys were patiently waiting while I was talking with Reed and some of the sales team, so thank you for your patience on was that. Was I patient? You were. And yep. Reed dropped off a number of these pull tabs for us, so what I'm going to do is keep them all to myself, and I'm going to open <laughs> one up right now to show you how easy it is to win nice. some cool swag well, from Well, let's see what Red you get, because here's what let's you could see. get. You're going to end up with either free pizza, pasta, wings, salads, cookies, pop, as well as money off on your next purchase. You can even win the grand prize, free Red Savoy for a year. What? So let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. All right, this, I think, was part of Kenny's stack, so I'm going to open up Kenny's stack first. He's really then, mad at me. And then work my way down. And <laughs> I see why. I just, look at this. I just want a free pop from Red wow, Savoy. there you go. Boom. You're welcome. I'm gonna it's keep better that. than a sharp poke in the eye with a stick. <laughs> you darn right it is. <laughs> It's Red Savoy, original recipe since 1965, and they're all over the metro now. Just fantastic. Downtown St. Paul, White Bear Avenue in St. Paul, St. Paul and Snelling, Vadness Heights, Woodbury, St. Louis Park, uh, Roseville, Osseo, Lakeville in about a week, Hugo, Edina, Eden Prairie, Egan, Burnsville, Blaine, and Apple Valley. Valley. And don't forget, download the Red Savoy app for additional treats that we'll be telling you more about the Red Savoy app and uh, enjoy it. 
and despite the fact that we're not supposed to have Super Bowl parties, have your own party with Red's Savoy. Hey, jailers, it's Reavers for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, and he has a question for you. Do you know what you own? Josh's clients, they always know what they own, and he has found out that most people that he meets with every single day, they have no idea. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds, and there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds currently yield. Josh begs of you, know what you own. And later on in the program today, you're going to hear from Mr. Money Talk himself, and he's got some news on both cars and sports, so stay tuned for that. Trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. You can take it from me. You can trust Josh. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Oh, I'm in Mexico right now. Listen to this. Is this new Dylan Height? You darn right it is. It's got a Marley feel to it, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bit of a ska Robin, Robin, Robin Ford. Uh, yeah. You guys familiar with a uh, young British kid named Bakar? B a k a r. Is he the one that because of you the song that you are all infatuated Mm -hmm. with? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, the rest of his stuff is now starting to gain airplay, and it's all I love it. And and one he's got called the first time. Hmm. And the minute I heard it, I heard Spooky by uh, who in the hell did spooky classics four classics four same kind of guitar sound mm. and chords it was really interesting i'm not i'm not saying they're ripping off the classics four the one hit wonders but i'm just saying i instantly thought wait a minute spooky i've heard that before yeah john cool. you knew that off the top did, of your head did you just call the classics four one hit wonders yeah they had yeah. a ton of hits. Stormy, spooky, Stormy, spooky. Uh, there's they all end in Y. Scratchy, I'd have to look them up. Joey, scratchy, <laughs> Joey, Puffy, Johnny, <laughs> Kenny, Chrissy, Puffy, Fatty. What are they, the dwarfs and Snow White? <laughs> Which one are you? I'm not happy. <laughs> Two interesting stories on the Metro cover of today's Star Tribune that really tell us the kind of trouble we're in. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. The, uh, the play story on today's Metro cover is called the Minnesota section of the Star Tribune uh, with this headline, Walls touts $35 million emergency plan. Uh, he wants to create this account ahead of the Derek Chauvin trial. So he wants 35 grand put in a pot in case they need extra law enforcement in the event the Chauvin trial results in civil unrest. And Republicans, with great justification, are saying, well, wait a minute, you're the, you're the party that demonizes police. We're, you're asking us to, in essence, bail out Minneapolis, which has hectored the police and dehumanized them and uh, uh, continues to try to defund them. And yet you want, you want us to bail you out uh, in the event there's civil unrest here. And so that's an interesting story. You, On the one hand, the left wants nothing to do with law enforcement. On the other hand, they certainly want a lot to do with it if they think they need it. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Uh, and then you have this story. 
So is the money, before you move on, is the money going to be used to pay those uh, yes. various police forces, overtime, et cetera? Yeah. It's called, okay. uh, it's called a safe account, state aid for emergencies. And, right. and uh, it would be drawn upon uh, to supplement local police forces, uh, as I say, in the event that uh, trouble unfolds uh, from, the, uh, from the trial. But on the same page, interestingly <laughs> enough, you got a Washington, D.C. group that has donated $500,000 to the ending of the Minneapolis Police Department. National money is flowing into the political fight over the future of the Minneapolis Police Department months before city residents could vote on its future. In mid-November, the Open Society Police Center, based in Washington, D.C., donated $500,000 to a new political committee, Vote Yes for Minneapolis, that wants to eliminate the city's requirement to have a police department. The donation, first reported by the newsletter MPLS Take in the Minnesota Reformer, was included in a campaign finance report filled last month. Minneapolis politics have drawn unprecedented scrutiny as city leaders and residents debate how to change policing in the state. In the wake, I'm, I'm sorry, how to change policing in the wake of George Floyd's death. Representatives for the center, whose board members include children of billionaire philanthropist and Democratic donor George Soros, could not immediately be reached, nor could a representative for Yes for Minneapolis. Mm. Minnesota business filings show a nonprofit called Yes for Minneapolis, which lists the same address register with the state in December. That group has posted an ad online seeking a campaign manager to build support for an effort to change the city charter, eliminate the requirement to have a police department with a minimum number of officers, and promote community-led safety proposed by community members. The goal of the campaign is to win a majority support for a yes vote to change the Minneapolis city charter. The Yes for Minneapolis campaign will require extensive community conversation and political education, to determine what the Charter Amendment should say. That position, you're trying to find a guy now to run it, 80 to 90 grand a year. Political, the, political education should right. be a phrase that right. everybody is, should be afraid of. <laughs> wow. According to the posting, the campaign manager will work closely with leaders from Reclaim the Block and Black Visions, two groups that led efforts to end the police department last summer. Those representatives could not be reached by the Star Tribune. Last month, three Minneapolis City Council members, Philippe Cunningham, Steve Fletcher, and Jeremy Schroeder, introduced a proposal to replace the police department and remove the requirement to have a minimum number of officers based on the city's population. In its place, a Department of Public Safety department would include police and additional divisions aimed at providing a comprehensive approach to public safety beyond law enforcement. That proposal would also remove the mayor's complete power over police and likely grant the council more sway over the new department. Okay, let's take a little moment here to take a little time out. Check this out. Check it on out. Check this out. You mean to tell me that this evil George Soros and his equally evil children... Spawn, we call them. Spawn. Their evil spawn... Are, are sending five hundred grand here to help activists in Minneapolis eliminate the police department, and we learned this basically on the same day that we learned that in anticipation of the Chauvin trial, Walls wants thirty-five million dollars of your taxpayer money 
to bolster police response in the event that it is needed to quell unrest in the George in, in the uh, trial of Chauvin. Well, which yeah. is it, you frauds? Which is it? <laughs> on the one hand, you don't want police. On the other hand, you think nothing of taxing the hell out of somebody in Crow Wing County who's had nothing to do with the destruction in the Twin Cities to supplement your pot of money that you want in case you have to have more cops come in. This is, this is incredible. This is where we are in the United States of America in 2021. You've got cities, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, that want nothing to do with police. They've demonized them. They've demonized them. And now you've got the governor who's in their pocket as well. He's just the same as anybody on the Minneapolis City Council. He wants $35 million in case there's not enough police response. Wow. What the <laughs> hell is this? Wow. They're the only ones that can't see their own conflict of interest. They can't. They, they, they talk out of both sides of their mouth, and they don't, they don't see it. GOP legislators also question whether the funds would be distributed fairly and whether the legislature should have a role in that rather than having the Department of Public Safety handle reimbursement. Walls, Walls urged legislators to work through their differences quickly because the trial is March 8th. Uh, we've got a trial in 34 days. We know what the odds are pretty good. This is going to attract a large number of people, Walls said. We know that if we plan accordingly, we can create a safe space for peaceful First Amendment expressions. Does that mean burning buildings down, Tim? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so they're claiming we're short the total number of people we would need to uh, to keep control of this. And he, he wants to paint this charming picture of... Uh, putting a good foot forward that Minneapolis is home to peaceful protests and that Minnesota protects the rights of people's First Amendment. Yeah, and therefore, give me 35 more million than I can have in a drawer here in case I got to call up about 10,000 more cops to a city, to a city that doesn't want cops. I wonder if anybody has ever tried to look into ties, an unholy alliance, if you will, between Cunningham, Fletcher, and Schroeder of the council and the evil offspring of uh, George Soros. Is there, are those people, have they ever been in the same room together? And what did they talk about? It's a great question. And the way you might have to go after it is, are Cunningham, Schroeder, and Fletcher uh, members of... Uh, these activist groups that are wishing to disband the police. Right. Uh, in other words, uh, when they're not on the clock as a fake city council member, <laughs> are they members of, uh, well, what is it called? Yes for Minneapolis, which is the recipient of this money? The police chief's uh, are they, are they is to be able to have a vision of what it means for <laughs> us to have a strong um, focus on what should police be focusing on. What? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Star Tribune saw the irony of its own uh, no. graphic layout today. No, the, of course The play story is Walls demanding additional money for more cops, while about six inches from it is DC Group donates 500 grand to end MPD. Now, great reporting would, would compel the Star Tribune to precisely answer Kenny's questions. Uh, do Schroeder, Fletcher, and Cunningham have anything to do with the groups receiving the money from George, George Soros' evil spawn? This is amazing. This As is an where aside, you are. 
Yeah. Uh, isn't it fun how they always take these evil groups and put a lovely name on them? Yes, yes. for Minneapolis. It's like naming the dump uh, the bed of roses, you know, yeah. <laughs> or, the, yeah. or the sewer <laughs> tank. You know, it's just amazing. Yes, for Minneapolis. Are those three council members uh, members of Reclaim the Block? Are they members of Black Visions? I'm unaware of a group called Black Visions. I don't know who runs it. I don't know who benefits from it. I do know that they're bent on the elimination of police because police, of course, are the problem. It's not the behavior of people. No. It's, it's the police's fault. No. It's the police's fault. But here's George Soros and his evil minions. They're sending dough here to help end the police department on the same day. We learned that Wald wants $35 million more to have more police. And I still don't understand how the likes of Soros and his evil spawn, how do they benefit from this? We've talked about that many times, and I'm not sure we've ever come up with an answer. I, I don't know what they benefit from chaos. I don't know what they... Uh, they have nothing to worry about because they're billionaires, so they'd be fine. But I, I don't know well, why. It could what be this world is, they envision. This is a board game to them. Yeah. Is the only thing I can come up with. Well, what else does Soros own? Does he own media? He's a. He's a. I thought we discuss, discussed this a while back. He's a uh, a futures trader on commodity, meaning that he'll spend one oh this now i'm going to get into GameStop again let's not do soros it. began okay. his business career by taking various jobs at merchant banks in the united kingdom and then the united states before starting his first hedge fund double eagle in 1969 profits from his first fund furnished the seed money to start soros fund management his second fund, hedge fund in 1970. Mm-hmm. unless unless what he wants uh, or what he envisions for the country is a Marxist police state or a socialist police state in which, right. in which the citizens uh, really become subjugated to the elite who would be running this police state. I don't know. It seems to me he should be having a pretty good life right now with his money and his mansions. I don't know why he would benefit any more than he currently is benefiting. But I, I, it's beyond my comprehension to believe that he's actually altruistic, that he cares for people in the inner city, and he believes they're getting a, a short change from coppers. I don't believe that at all. I believe there's something going on here that we don't know anything about. Yeah. But what we can understand is the left cannot link. The left cannot put the puzzle pieces together. Walls, you can't ask the taxpayers of Minnesota for $35 million to essentially bolster a Minneapolis police department that's been under fire by this fake city council for the last 10 months and wants to disband it. You can't get by demonizing the police and then asking us to continue to give you more money to support them. Didn't know it was going to be this good today. <laughs> it, it truly is amazing. It, to me, it's a it's an amazing situation that they they get away with this. They're they're never held accountable to answer. 
Tom Hauser might ask this question today. I, I think he would be capable of it. Governor, you announced yesterday that you want a, a safe act uh, for additional uh, uh, money for in the event of civil unrest. This comes at the same time when we learn that uh, the George Soros evil minions are sending a half million dollars to Minneapolis to thoroughly end the police. Do you have any comment on that? I want that question asked of Walls. Tom would be thrown out. He'd be and walls won't come life. on with walls won't come on with us. He'll go on with oh. you know people at CCO maybe, but he's not coming right. on here. No, no, because that's no, what I'd ask him. According to him, a day or two ago, he thinks that all Republicans deny the existence of COVID. <laughs> so you know, yeah. What about? Are you kidding me? How does he get away with saying that? I don't deny it. Well, how does he get away with rocks and cows, Chris? How does he get away with any of this nonsense? <laughs> no, that's a good point. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 The Republican legislators condemned the fund Walls highlighted, which the governor had hoped to pass early next week. GOP Senator, uh, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said he will propose an alternative. We're not going to bail out the Minneapolis City Council after they, after they made cuts to the police safety budget. Actions to defund the police have consequences, Gazelka of East Gull Lake said in a statement rejecting the proposal. Good for Paul Gazelka. A voice of reason. He sees what's happening. You people, have, you, you people are bent on destroying your own city by eliminating police. And now you come up to us and you say, well, except we need $35 million for the trial. How do you even know there'll be civil unrest? Just like we've been hearing it proposed for three weeks now that state capitals all over the country are on guard against vicious right-wing extremists. It hasn't happened. Where is it? Where is um, it? Do them... Do them. Do them. Do, do God, them. Oh. Do them roses smell like poop? Yes. Uh, do Lieutenant the, Dan. The, the, the preparing for the rioting, does that ensure that there will be a riot? Boy, they're it, setting it, up the laws, aren't they? But you just said it. You you know, uh, they th- we thought there was going to be big-time rioting here a couple of weeks ago and on the inauguration, et cetera, et cetera, and there wasn't any at all. So I guess we can't go down that road. Do them. <laughs> do them. Uh, I love me. <laughs> do them, do da. Well, boys, let's take a little time out for the mayor to get some water. But first, how about I tell you about our friends over at the Chill Boys. Got a great email from Bill over the weekend that wanted to thank me for introducing him and his family to Chill Boys. He said, Reeves, thanks for the recommendation. I only bu- Not only did I buy a three-pack for myself, I also bought a three-pack for each one of my sons. Well, thank you, Bill, for supporting our friends over at the Chill Boys. Been talking about them for quite some time now, and do them make it more comfortable roam about they do i hope so go to chillboys.com and place your order and all orders over 40 dollars. well those ship fast and free throughout the entire united states check out their entire line of comfortable boxers t-shirts sunglasses so much more chillboys.com place your order with the best customer service team around led of course by our gal julie and please after you place your order let them know that you heard about it right here on the garage logic podcast
now a man who's on more than he's off, Joe Zuzure. Well, somewhere under those clouds, the sun is shining, and DKMags.com, they're open for business on Old 8 and New Brighton, and thank goodness the GL Armory is there for us. Both DK Mags and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're offering a wide variety of firearms, ammunition, and all the fun little accessories, and my dream of uh, reloading has not faded at all, and thankfully I don't have to rely on UGLers sending me emails and messages and tweets telling me that I'm doing it wrong, because... Uh, all I need to do is do a little research and call or get on the website, dkmags.com, and order all the mech products I need to get back in the game. I can actually convert my old steel shot reloader, or excuse me, my old lead shot re- reloader into a steel one. And I don't need you guys to tell me how wrong, I'm doing it wrong. The prices are fair, the selection is good, and what you can't find in the store, special order. No big deal. The hours at DK Mags in New Brighton, 10 to 6 weekdays, 11 to 5 Saturdays. Uh, for Monticello and Pond and Gun, it's 11 to 6 on weekends. And, or excuse me, weekdays and 11 to 5 on Saturdays. Oh, they got it easy in cello on Saturdays. Uh, and special order times, you know, if you order something, depending on the availability, it's either going to be one to maybe three and a half weeks, so you have to be patient. There are a couple of wonderful shops run by GLers for GLers. They are dkmags.com. In a story not previously reported in the American press, but perhaps it is being reported now because Kerry has been appointed, John Kerry has been appointed Biden's climate czar, uh, we learned that uh, uh, he took a private jet to Iceland <laughs> in 2019 to receive the Arctic Circle Award for Climate Leadership. Fox News has learned Kerry defended his high pollution ride at the time, calling it the only choice for somebody like me who was traveling the world <laughs> to win this battle. Uh, the, wow. it, the interview was obtained by Fox News. The incident had not been previously reported. Olafur Ragnar Grimson who led the Arctic Circle Roundtable, criticized Kerry for traveling to the event via private jet. Icelandic outlet RUV reported, Kerry received the award, which took the form of an iceberg sculpture, for being a consistent voice pressuring the American authorities to commit to tackle environmental matters. Icelandic reporter Johan Barney Kolbinsson confronted Kerry at the event over his choice of transportation, asking, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Is that an environmental way to travel? Kerry responded by claiming that it was the only way. If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. I negotiated the Paris Accords to the United States, he added, referring to the climate agreement signed while he was Secretary of State under Obama. I've been involved with this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi of China to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere, I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly, meet with people, and get things done. I am really important. No, I'm saying that part. (laughs) Sidestepping the fact that he chose a private jet over a commercial flight. But what I'm doing almost full-time is working to win the battle. And in the end, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. I don't know why this would be, but private jets have been estimated to emit 40 times as much carbon per passenger as commercial flights. I don't know why that would be. It's unclear how Kerry has been offsetting his carbon output, Uh, But flight logs indicated that his family's private jet spent over 20 hours in the air over the past year, 
culminating in an estimated 116 metric tons of carbon emissions. Uh, I don't really care about that. The White House will not respond to comment. Uh, the Kerry the family owned a private charter jet company from which the longtime Democrat appeared to benefit financially. Uh, as as of even late, better. Sure. That's even Jeez. better. As of late wow. 2013, as of late 2013, his executive <laughs> oh branch God. personnel financial disclosure showed Kerry over uh, owning over one million in assets for the charter company Flying Squirrel LLC. Although his wife Teresa, aired, uh, along with his wife uh, Teresa Heinz Kerry, uh, the ketchup lady. Uh, Kerry's financial disclosures from 2009 to 2012 also showed that amount. In his 2013 disclosure, he reported 50000 to 100000 in rent and royalties for the company. I don't want to read all this. He's a fraud. Would you He's like a- to hear from the climate czar himself explaining please, why he took please, the private jet, please, Joe? Please, yes, please. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon... It's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full-time is working to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. I can't uh, I can't imagine why he well he apparently is incapable of understanding how what a buffoon he sounds like. He is no, he is terribly tone deaf and doesn't realize that he sounds just like the most arrogant bastard who ever is, lived. Is this a candidate for the Groins? It absolutely is. That this is deserves this. And keep when that audio. I, uh, I'm going Chris, to think. See, the audio has to go in the groiny file. And thank you to Roe on Twitter that made us aware of that audio. Thank you very I, much. I think he also sounds like a failed superhero in the way he, he builds yeah. himself oh, up. Oh, you're right. I does. see him with his hands on his hips saying dun, all of dun, that. Dun. <laughs> I saw another picture of Carrie boarding a private jet. I don't know what trip it was for, but I counted on the tarmac the uh, vehicles that apparently had accompanied him uh, to the jetway of the private plane, uh, there were 11. Oh, wow. Wow. All, all big ones, too. You know, the official government ones, 11. BBRs, is, big black rigs. That's what they are. And this is, this is what we're dealing with. We got 535 people in Washington, or however many. He's being one of them. Well, he's not even in the Senate or uh, Congress, but he's part of the government, telling the rest of 330 million of us how to live while he's flying around on a private jet. Mm-hmm. Carrie, I got your answer for you, you moron. You didn't have to go there to get the award. Have him right. mail it to you. <laughs> have him mail it to you. That's what you and I would do just because we don't want to go. <laughs> Can you overnight it, please? Uh when is somebody going to get to the bottom and, and expose the, the fact that carbon offsets are the biggest crock of BS Shh, this world You're has ruining ever our seen. business idea, Olson. This is such, this is fraud on a 
global scale. Plenary indulgences. Pay me now and allow me to sin. (laughs) I'll pay you now and you allow me to sin. Unbelievable. Uh, You're planting trees. Give me a bleeping break. That's a good uh, a good catch, Chris. Yes, John Kerry is uh, the at least the third groiny nominee of the year 2021. Well, Even though this file. took place in 2019, and, we're only hearing about it now. And isn't he, he or his family owning a small business jet charter service or whatever it is? That's that's pathological too, isn't it? Sure. And given Gates, what uh, he Bill does, Gates, Bill Gates is trying to buy a, pl- a private uh, flight firm. Or either he's either trying to or already did. I can't imagine he couldn't afford it. It might not equate to this, but it, it seems like it's almost, in my twisted mind, the equivalent of a, a firefighter starting a fire and then going to fight that fire. I mean, which has happened, right? Yeah, right. You said this what is number? what we're this is what you deal with, people. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but this is what you deal with in the salon. Uh, you you deal with people that are completely disconnected from the reality of the way the rest of us live and think nothing of telling us how to live. It's completely hypocritical. This guy is the most arrogant human being I've ever heard in public service, and they have distanced themselves from us to such a degree that we can't identify with them and they can't identify with us. You don't need to go get an award shaped like an iceberg, you giant turd. Have them mail it to you. Have them mail it to you. And we saw that on a local level last week or the week before when Walls went to a uh, vaccination joint up in the Brooklands and uh, got into a debate with a citizen and just completely discounted the guy and then, you know, wrote him off as a wacko. Not not a citizen, not a voter, a wacko. Well, you're and the guy, it- was, uh, the, the guy was very well-spoken, Such. He, he was, you know, he was smart. You saw it today in the juxtaposition of the two stories. Walls asking $35 million in addition for law enforcement in case he needs it, while, while George, Spor- George Soros and his spawn are sending five hundred grand here to help end the police department. They don't even know what they're doing. The right hand does not know what the left hand is doing. Meanwhile, we're out here working three jobs to pay the taxes. <laughs> Keep those jackasses on the third rail. <laughs> if you're like me, you have to travel this way. That's how important I am. But I'm off spending my life. Don't you awesome. understand? Right. I'm better I, than you're you. Right. Johnny, you're right. He sounds like a bleeping superhero. I'm saving the earth. Here I come to save the day. John Kerry and his mighty mouse are on the way. If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me I'm who is traveling the world to mm-hmm. win this battle. Well oh, you fraud. You fraud. For the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. Boy, he's doing a hell of a job, John. I believe. The time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. No. I have to fly mm-hmm. to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full-time, is almost working full-time. to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life liar, to do this, liar, uh, liar. I'm not going to be put on the defensive. By the way, I love yes. the win the battle like he's Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Yeah. i got to win the battle, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, pal. It's just amazing. It truly is amazing. Here's the other problem. Uh, the members of the salon, 
uh, and this is true of all, at the local level, state level, whatever, the members of the salon, most generally speaking, only function and socialize and deal with other members of the salon. Mm -hmm. So Carrie is not going to run into, you know, Joe, his neighbor, to say, John, do you realize how dumb you sounded in that interview you gave with Icelandic TV? You sound like a complete moron. And then they could talk across the fence. Carrie will never hear that. He's only dealing with people in the salon. That's, That's the great problem we face. The the the, uh, the city council in Minneapolis, they only deal with each other and like-minded friends. They mm-hmm. don't deal with people out shoveling snow today. It's it's the salon has gotten out of hand. Uh, it's among our many problems. We've discussed Such. it repeatedly. It's out of hand. What you just said made me realize. Maybe we're the ones that are wrong. Maybe we need to lock the doors of the mayor's office in the boathouse (laughs) above Spoon Lake and place ourselves on the third rail and stop talking to GLers. Stop listening to them. It'll just be a one-way conversation. No more emails, no more Twitter, none of that. David Kalertner, who was injured by the Unabomber, and I had him as a guest years and years ago for his book, the name of it escapes me. One of you could quickly find uh, do right now. find the name of his book. A wonderful author, a professor at Yale of computer science. And what his injuries did was awaken him to how far he had drifted from the reality of everyday American life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he might have come across that consciousness raising in a hospital or wherever. But he woke up to realize... I've been given a second chance here. Drawing Life, I think it's called. Drawing Life by David Galertner. And and the points he made, I will always remember. Uh, He said the academic class didn't used to be the academic class. They just used to be people who worked in academics. But they went to the same movie theater as you. They went to the same restaurants as you. They went to the same church as you. They drove a similar car as you. They cheered for the Red Sox just like you or the Twins just like you. And he said, what has happened over the years is that the salon has separated themselves from the normality of everyday American life. I've told yep. the story, and it's worth repeating, that you know my dad used to follow the guy around, I think his name was Herzog, who was chairman of 3M. And when the chairman of 3M turned his, uh, would, would, would report to Al Hardy up at the gas station in Matamita that he was thinking about getting rid of the car, uh, the old man had stepped in and he bought it one time. Because Herzog, chairman of 3M, kids went to the local schools, his wife was known because she shopped in the same supermarket. My sister and her husband and their kids now live in the house he lived in when he was chairman of 3M, which is a way of saying, you know, not terribly extravagant by any means. I couldn't tell you where the chairman of 3M lives today. So it's not only the it's not only the political class; they're on their own rail for, in the salon, but the but the corporate class at the highest echelons also have nothing to do with the rest of us. Nothing. Well. Drawing Life, Surviving the Unabomber, uh, 1997. Yep, that was a long time ago. He also has one that sounds interesting called America Light, How Imperial mm-hmm. Academia Dismantled Our Culture. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Your story about your old man describes small town life to a T, yeah. but it also describes your life, my life, John's life, Chris's life, and even Matthew's 
in the Twin Cities. We drive around and see people we know, and we wave and say hi, and we stop in and give each other the needle. And, and that's what society is. That's what life is like out here. John Kerry will never hear from the likes of you or me no. and what we think of him and how, nope. how, how extraordinary haughty he sounded. He'll never hear that. He'll just hear from people who pat him on the back and say, John, of course that's the only way you can get around. You're <laughs> terribly important to this cause, and we must remind people of that. Yeah. Let's come back with work, John Height. We, wait a second. We even work with a guy, Such, that's one of us. When I was in that building and we were up in radio, how many times would he come in and poke his head into the studio and talk to you for three minutes during a commercial break? And Twice before a week. He, yeah, and before he got to that op that door, he'd park himself in my office, put his feet up, his hands be behind his head, and just start shooting the, you know, just mm -hmm. chatting, shooting the breeze. Best corporate guy you'll ever meet. Yep, he's one of us. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, could we take a time out? We could, but first, Joe, I'd like to tell you and the GLers about our friends at Harmony Spirits. John, I know you weren't on the program on Monday, but I don't know if you heard the breaking news in regards yeah. to Harmony Spirits and our friends at 30 Bales. <gasps> date to be announced at a later date, I believe, but... The Garage Logic Manhattan will be making its Did debut hear, yes. at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. I love when our clients uh, formulate a relationship and work together. And this is right up my alley because, of course, I love the scratch kitchen at 30 Bales. But I also love the craft cocktails that I can make from our friends at Harmony Spirits. I had some of the barrel-proof bourbon whiskey over the weekend. We had some relatives in town for a late, but, you know, needed Christmas break with my wife's family. So that was tremendous. And also, uh, go by the Harmony Spirits Tasting Room down in Harmony, Minnesota, and you can see the Garage Logic flag waving proudly outside that beautiful tasting room in Harmony, Minnesota. But continue to do this, GLers. Go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. They are loving the fact that all of you GLers have been doing that, and they are continuing to grow their brand into 2021. Thank you so much. T stop in at that tasting room and tell them that the Garage Logic podcast sent you schoonover body works and glass in shoreview it's a glers one-stop family-owned third generation body shop uh, they're on county e at lexington and shoreview the sole sponsor of positive thursday at gl mr B positive himself mike schoonover on the line right now and mike i've got to ask you How's it going dealing with that cranky old fake mayor of a pretend town in a fantasy county? How's that working out? For hey, you? hey, I'm I'm happen to be listening to this. <laughs> oh, 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 hi, Joe. Oh, I, I heard that. He's doing. It, it's going great. He's he's doing well. We're doing. Did good. you finish his car? I had uh, a car we were, out there yesterday. It's done. We are uh, we are going to deliver it today. Just a not a very nice day to deliver a shiny. Uh, clean car, but uh, we're going to deliver it today. So I, I was thinking about Joe's uh, injury, injury to his car, the antenna deal on the on the roof. And is it just me, or is the quality of the the build quality of today's cars? Is, it's it's much less than what it used to be, isn't it? Uh, the build quality is much higher, Kenny. It's, it is. Uh, it's it's crazy how these vehicles are constructed because 
not only do they have to look good and perform well, but they, you know, most important, they got to keep you safe. So a lot of these things are built like tanks in, in what used to be a minor, uh, you know, minor fender bender is now a major deal. And, you know, the repair costs are just incredible because you, you know, you got layers of metal that are sandwiched in between each other and a lot more things you need to do. So it's, um, it's quite complex. They're, they're, they're great looking vehicles. All these vehicles that we see on the road are great and they're safe yeah. and they're cool, but man, they're, uh, they're getting more and more expensive to fix. I can attest to this because what, one of the things they do at Schoonover is keep you updated with techs. And one picture Mike sent me, they damn near had to saws all the roof off the thing and then t- strip off the headliner to get access to this circuit board and then weld the whole damn thing back together. You can't even tell. <laughs> well, well, well Joe, just to clarify, we did not use a sawzall and we oh, okay. did not do any welding. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> he, he, that kind of hyperbole, he's been hanging around me too long, Mike. <laughs> if you need glass, service, bodywork, oil changes, new tires, uh, a GL sticker, if, if we're keeping you supplied. Oh, remind them. me to give you some today. I got a bunch. All right. Thank yeah. You. All right. Yeah. We recommend Schoonover Body Works and Glass. They've been at it for 80 years up in Shoreview. Always rated as one of the best shops in the town. GLers, thank you for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. I got to read you what perhaps is the most depressing email we've heard in a long time. Oh, oh good. Great. Good. Please do not use my name or location for reasons that will soon become apparent. I recently retired and decided I needed to give back, so I applied and was accepted at a local university to teach an online class. The students range from freshmen to seniors at this state-run institution. I was surprised and frankly shocked that I had to challenge the same student with plagiarism on two consecutive writing assignments. At the end of the semester, students fill out an online course instructor evaluation. Among the comments I received was more specific examples of non-plagiarism, typed all in capital letters, a.k.a. yelling. I am not sure exactly how to teach non-plagiarism, and why don't students know what plagiarism is before they get to a university? On a side note, I later discovered a parent of this student was an on-air news anchor. Oh. Oh. I'm not even going to go down that road. I don't care who it was. But... Listen to what this kid wanted from the teacher. He was giving the teacher some grief. He was saying, or she was saying, oh, how about some more specific examples of non-plagiarism? Well, non-plagiarism is whatever you produce that is the truth that you haven't borrowed from somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Was, how how it, much more simple can it be? They're, they're wow. arriving at the failed academy already failed. How is that possible? God almighty. Oh, yeah. Could you please give me examples of non-plagiarism? Uh, yeah, well, I would. <laughs> I would fail that student right then and there, and then I'd fail their news anchor parent. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> wow. Here's Johnny Height. Thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Uh, I visited my local Andover location yesterday and got some uh, some paint rollers. Nice. There you, go. you paint? You got a little project, Johnny? Oh, my uh, wife, uh, home with the broken foot, has Ooh. been redoing furniture. We. Purchased several pieces. Oh, it's, yeah, you know. It's a good time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Early numbers show Thursday morning snowfall caused some driving issues. The state patrol reported more than 100. 100- <laughs> 
100 <laughs> crashes between 5 and 10 a.m. Thursday. 106 crashes reported, 14 of those including injuries. There are also 111 vehicle spinouts and two jackknifed semi trucks. Sun Country Airlines announcing on Thursday 16 new routes and the addition of nine new airports. According to the airline, customers will have access to more than 60 destinations. In response to COVID-19, customers who wish to adjust their travel plans were issued vouchers for future travel. Travelers can ensure they don't lose out on that vacation by booking new trips through April 2022 before their voucher value expires. Those rebooking canceled trips can take advantage of no change fees if they decide to postpone travel again 60 days or more prior to their travel date. In partnership with Landline, the Sun Country also announced Landline Select and an expansion into five new Midwest cities across Minnesota and Wisconsin. Sun Country's 63 destinations from five additional Midwest cities are Brainerd, Rochester, St. Cloud, La Crosse, Wisconsin, and Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Do you know why you have to practice space management today? Why? Because it's going to get brutally cold. Because it's going to get so cold that sublimation will become your friend for uh, your space management concerns. Dr. My, noted, Dr. Michael Osterholm, the uh, University of Minnesota infectious disease expert, warned Minnesota lawmakers yesterday about the possibility of what he called another major surge in COVID-19 cases. He said, I think the darkest days of the pandemic are yet to come. I share that because of new variants, he said, the newly mutated viruses that are causing a challenge. He said the new variants from the UK, Brazil, and South Africa have mutations that cause more transmission. They may also be able to defeat the antibody protection in people who already had the virus or have been vaccinated. He said they're trying to understand right now what's going on with that. He said there's a growing concern about the UK strain that's now circulating in the U.S. Claros Technologies, a spinoff from University of Minnesota, says they've developed a mask that they say kills the virus. I saw uh, this like, story last night on Channel 5. That's where I got it from. Mike yeah. Miller is the pre- president of the Airtex Group, a Claro's textile manufacturing partner. He said, I think it's great technology, and I think it's a game changer. The mask is, we basically created a new textile that has antiviral properties, added Abdanur Abbas, the company's co-founder and an associate professor at the U of M. Uh, could the new mask called the Log 3 mask, be a potent weapon in the fight against COVID-19? Kleros says yes. CEO Michelle Belanca said it killed 99.9% plus of bacteria and coronaviruses. Kleros began as a spinoff in 2019, receiving a grant from the U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, speaking of the coronavirus from the Joe Souchere, there's a lot of stuff going on out there I don't know anything about file. Mm-hmm. French police shut down a warehouse orgy with at least Whoa. 81 participants on the outskirts of Paris because it breached coronavirus regulations. <laughs> 81? Yeah. 81 participants. Wow. Locals alerted police to a party taking place Who's in Who's got to Cal- clean that up, John? <laughs> to a party Jenny. taking place Jenny. in Calagienne, around 20 miles from the center of Paris on Friday night. Officers got to the scene at about 9 p.m., found 11 people who they fined for breaking France's coronavirus curfew, which restricts movement from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. At 11 p.m., officers were granted legal permission to enter the entire warehouse where a large number of people were engaged in an orgy. Hmm. 
Local magistrates sitting in an emergency session authorized police to confiscate sound systems and light installations along with alcohol in the raid. Total of 81 people were handed fines for breaking the curfew. Three people thought to be involved in organizing the party were taken in for questioning. Hmm. Where's the party? <laughs> in France, apparently. Ah. House Republicans forced to go on the record today defending or rebuking Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has drawn bipartisan condemnation over her embrace of far-right conspiracy theories, racist comments, as well as her past endorsement of violence against Democrats. Democrats issued the ultimatum earlier this week, telling House Republicans to strip Greene of her committee assignments, or they would. But House Minority Leader, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on Wednesday ruled out taking... Pay no attention to that sound. <laughs> Instead, Joe's just cutting grass really quick. <laughs> Instead, he accused Democrats of a partisan power grab for targeting Green. Uh, meanwhile, a victory for the anti-Trump faction of the Republican Party. House Republicans easily blocking an effort to oust the number three House Republican, Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming, from her leadership role. Uh, she won the vote 161 to 45. Cheney was one of 10 Republicans to vote to impeach uh, Donald Trump. Uh, meanwhile, this morning, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene did speak before Congress uh, before they vote. She says she regrets some words out of her past. Uh, she did not specifically apologize for her rhetoric. The newly elected Georgia Republican said that she was a, quote, very regular American who posted conspiracy theories from QAnon and other sources before she began campaigning, but she said those views do not represent her. She said Democrats who are criticizing her don't know her and that she was a political newcomer when she embra uh, embraced President Donald Trump and started delving into theories on the internet. Two quick yeah. things, Johnny. Uh, doesn't it yes, shock sir. you that she was elected in the first place? Well, nobody, she had no opponent. Oh, I did not. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The, I did not know the, that. that the Democratic opponent a couple of weeks before the election announced he was moving out of Georgia and would have to take his name off the ballot. So there was... Uh, <laughs> How so, much did so, that cost her? She, well, there has been some speculation, but yeah. uh, that uh, that that's why... Uh, she, she had no opposition. So Wow. Uh, and if she, they do vote to remove her from office, I mean, how quickly does that uh, take place? They probably will not do that. They'll just take her off the committees, it sounds like. Okay. Uh, she will not be expelled, but she'll be taken off the education committee. And uh, she's on one other one that I, I forget. Is she the one who carries the pistol around? That no, that's a, that's a different one. Different one? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say editorial things, am I? I'm no. sorry. We don't no. care. Hasn't stopped you before. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. Why would you stop now? As long as they don't address the emails to me, I couldn't care less. <laughs> Say what the you want. The chief executive at PBS is rejecting a filmmaker's argument that public TV's 40-year relationship with Ken Burns has come at the expense of diversity. <laughs> what? Jesus. The guy President lives for diversity. President and CEO Paula Kerger was asked Tuesday about an essay by filmmaker Grace Lee, who contended that public TV's deep attachment to Burns, whose series include baseball, the Civil War, slights viewers of color. She said, <laughs> she said, I feel very privileged to have the opportunity. Uh, oh, she didn't say this. I'm sorry. Uh, she said, I feel very privileged to have the opportunity to work with Ken Burns, whose legacy is extraordinary. And as we look forward, it has a very rich pipeline of programs that he's bringing to public television. That's the person from PBS. Yeah. Who Kurger, said that. Paula Kurger. Kurger. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Kerger said we create lots of opportunities for many filmmakers. Uh, Burns mentors a number of filmmakers, she said, who now have quite established careers, and he has a deep commitment to mentoring diverse filmmakers. She said she respectfully disagrees with Lee's arguments in an essay last fall for the Ford Down Foundation. Among those arguments that PBS decision makers and founders have an interdependence with one white male filmmaker who represents one man's lens on America, as oh Lee put boy. it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Noting that she was a producer on PBS's Asian Americans last year, Lee wrote that she takes seriously whether public television reflects the diverse audience it was founded to serve. Uh, Kerger, who's with PBS, called Lee a very talented filmmaker, said PBS has worked with her and envisions they'll continue to work with her. Kerger said, <laughs> Kerger said PBS is intent on fostering a culture this, of inclusion. Yeah. You know what this is? This is Lee trying to get herself publicity because what Lee does, Grace Lee, the filmmaker who contends that mm-hmm. uh, Ken Burns has come, uh, his stuff has come at the expense of diversity. She does the exact same thing Ken Burns does, only she does it not even half as good. Yeah. And the fact that anybody would say his crap it, it lacks diversity, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> if he, God, if he doesn't any of them? If he doesn't pass the test, uh, we don't have a chance. Nobody not, will. Not nobody, nobody, nobody would pass the no. test. Ken nobody Burns, will. not woke yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 Ken yeah, Burns. Exactly. Ku Klux Klan. The most woke person in America. (laughs) Oh, easily. Easily. And by the way, Kenny, I have to take umbrage with crap because I love the baseball series he did. It's fantastic. I I pretty much have loved everything he's done. I pretty much have loved everything. I think I've watched everything he's done three times. Seriously. uh, But you're the one full of crap. I'm halfway through the West. That's the only one I haven't seen. But I'm halfway through. Uh, so. National parks I loved, and uh, jazz but I even loved, and Vietnam e- War. Yeah, yeah. Even uh, like in the West, and, and, oh, and Vietnam, and the baseball, and all of World that. World War II. Diversity is a huge, huge part, part of these all documentaries. Of yeah, yeah. Well, to the point where I think I've accused him of going overboard. You, uh, you have, yes. I think I have, yeah. <laughs> I recall that. he managed that. to find examples of racism where none of us would have dreamed to look for it. Will these accusations, though, well, open the eyes to good. some? In other words... To, to who, though? That Grace Lee is a fraud? Well, I guess because the, the woke nation will never stop. It, it, it will just continue. I mean, for right, God's sake, right. if Ken Burns isn't woke enough, what do you people right. want? Right. No. They're eating their own, delightfully so. His, uh, yeah. his next one, by the way, in case you're wondering, is about Ernest Hemingway. Uh, that will air on PBS in April. I, I can't wait. Uh, a fascinating, fascinating man. There won't be enough black people in that to appease people. <laughs> I don't know how he'll do Burns it. I'm serious. I'm serious. No, well, he does have, find but he because didn't uh, Hemingway fight in the Spanish War though, so he'll he'll find some, right. You know, he'll and he hung out. And, he hung out yeah. in Cuba and all of that. Yeah. No, they'll yeah. they'll find it. Prosecutors say Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse skipped out on his bond by not updating the court with his new address, but Rittenhouse's former lawyer says police told him to purposefully mislead the court as to where he was living. Prosecutors are seeking a new arrest warrant and want a $200,000 increase in the bond for the teenage uh, uh, Trump fan from Illinois accused of shooting and killing two people last summer during an uprising in Kenosha. Rittenhouse allegedly shot and killed two men and wounded another in Kenosha as protests exploded over the police shooting of Jacob Blake. His lawyer says he acted in self-defense. The motion to increase his bond was filed after court notices sent to the address listed as Rittenhouse's address were returned by the Postal Service 
and police detectives confirmed a renter was now living at the address and not Rittenhouse. It's extremely unusual for a defendant facing a charge of first-degree intentional homicide to post cash bond and be released from custody, according to prosecutors. Uh, they want to increase Rittenhouse bond from $2 million to $2.2 million. Former uh, baseball player and coach for the Twins, uh, St. Paul and St. Oh, Paul Saints. Twig. Yeah, Twig. Wayne Terwilliger has died. Oh, no. Yeah, both teams announced the news via social media on Wednesday. Uh, Terwilliger spent 62 years in various aspects of pro baseball. Major League second baseman before becoming a coach and manager. He was devoted to his craft with no expectation it would ever make him wealthy. He played for nine seasons in the major leagues with five teams. On the 1951 Brooklyn Dodgers, he backed up Jackie Robinson at second base. Terwilliger told the St. Paul Pioneer Press in 1998, I hit 240, which I like to say would get me $1.5 million these days. <laughs> I, sh- I should, have been a, should have been a better hitter, he told them. I could turn the double play, though, as well as anybody. I got a break uh, coaching. Terwilliger was a coach under Ted Williams when Williams managed the second Washington Senators franchise and its successor, the Texas Rangers, from 1969 to 72. He oh, was a wait, wait yeah. a second. The he well, wow! I didn't know that. You just dropped a knowledge bomb on yeah. me, Johnny. I <laughs> had no a, idea. He was a Rangers coach for five seasons in the second stint with the team in the 1980s. Then, of course, coached for manager Tom Kelly of the Twins, uh, getting championship rings when they won the World Series in 1987 and 1991. So the Twig has two rings, huh? All right. Well, Joe, yep. you covered them. You you got to yeah. have a twig story, don't you? I don't have a twig story. Really? Oh, I bet Royce does. does. Oh, yeah. We talk to him tomorrow. Oh, By sure. the way, Such, Monday Night Sports Talk, that might have been your best effort ever uh, this Monday. <laughs> that was a damn good program. Was this I the really one? In, really enjoyed it. Is this where Pat uh, was yes. so happy yes. to get a shot that he yes. finally was? Yes. Because being 75. Ha- offers no benefits except a is, shot? <laughs> Right, right. It was so good. And then he he segued into finding the remote, and then you guys did a bunch of sports, and then you brought it right back around at the end of the program. And uh, he gave us some more insight and stuff that he had forgot earlier. It was just the best, the most well-crafted Monday night sports talk I'd ever heard. I actually listened to it yesterday. Yeah, I listened it was really it. good. Yeah. Joe, I got nothing going for me. <laughs> I'm the good, but I'm the good human being because I found the remote and I didn't say anything. Yes, and you know that killed him. You know it killed him. It, but it occurred to me to say something, but I didn't. <laughs> and this is the guy that at one point said, I didn't call you one. I said, you're acting like one. Right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, being a little older and, and having maybe a little uh, out of shape body, a new study finds that might not be a bad thing. Here we go. Res- researchers from Ohio State University say people who enter adulthood at a normal weight and then start to pack on a few pounds later in life actually live the longest. Hmm. Associate Professor of Sociology Hui Zhang and his team looked at two generations of Americans following the residents of one city in Massachusetts and their kids for about 70 years. Their findings reveal young adults with a healthy body mass index, BMI, who gradually became overweight but never obese, had the greatest lifespans. Those adults even lived longer than those who kept a normal BMI throughout their whole life. On the other hand, of course, the dangers of obesity remained constant throughout the study, 
children who started adulthood already obese and con- obese and continue to gain weight have the highest mortality rates. Uh, the study examined the health of 4,576 people over that 70-year period. Weight gain trends were fairly similar across both generations that were studied. John, I consider should, this uh, I consider this good news for those well, of us who belly certainly. up to the city desk at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. There you go. Yeah. Well, Don't let that brat bother you. Such, I was going to suggest that he uh, print that out and mail it to the three of us so we yeah. can present that to our brides. <laughs> Exhibit <Right>. A. <laughs> Grunhofer's in Hugo now with three meatloafs. The meatloaf, the town ball meatloaf, and the Minnesota meatloaf with mushrooms and wild rice. Uh, and if you're in the mood for soup, and you might be this weekend as she gets to be about 700 below, they've got the stuff you need to make soup. Somehow you can take an oxtail, whatever the hell that is, and you put it in a <laughs> pot, and somehow that becomes soup. I don't know what kind of soup, but I bet it's good. Beef shanks, smoked and fresh pork hocks, smoked ham shanks, pork neck bones, uh, I know that Dr. Fauci is telling us to play down the Super Bowl parties, but uh, you know perfectly well we're going to have a little f- snack on hand, and uh, my choice is going to be the brats and the meatloaf. Grunhofer's has everything you need for the time of your life. It's the meat emporium of Garage Logic, and it's absolutely splendid. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. It's Grunhofer Old Fashioned Meats. Johnny Height. Uh, I, I was just, you know what I was doing? While you were, I was looking up oxtail soup. Well, what, what do you make with it? A beef soup? Well, you, you make oxtail soup. Oh, boy. Homemade oxtail soup, and it looks wonderful. I bet it is. It's, it's very hearty looking. You use beef inside mm. it. You get corn and peas, and you dip you know bread what? in it. Oh. Vegetable you know beef soup, in other words. Basically, yeah. yeah. When when you brought up oxtail soup, I was reminded Jason plays a soundbite of a lady screaming out, on down for moose soup after. So I looked up moose soup. That's a, moose soup is a euphemism for um, cannon apricots. Well, we don't I get kinda, that at Grunhofer's. You get the oxtail, you, you, get you, the, uh, you get the beef shanks, the smoked and fresh pork hocks, the smoked ham shanks, and pork neck bones. No moose. No moose. When a lady, no wants, to, when a lady wants to can apricots with another person, she'll say, come on down later for moose soup. I can't wait till your next ad so That's... I can introduce some sort of uh, double entrande profanity. That was disturbing, Kenny. That, that was disturbing. Well, this you're is not what happens at Grunhofer's. Nothing happens like that. Uh, yeah. Spence? You're welcome, Spencer. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, places you can get food, a customer who allegedly was upset when he was asked to put on a face mask inside a California restaurant. Oh, he's so instead, brave. Instead, he pulled out a gun yep. and stole oh. the chicken. Oh, what the hell's wrong with that? <laughs> Please. God. <laughs> Police say the man walked into a Roscoe's house of chicken and waffles in Pasadena. Uh, Pasadena. Chicken and waffles. That's my favorite combo. Never. The cashier asked him to put on a face covering as required by local health orders. Uh, Robert Gonzalez, a cook at the restaurant, said, why don't you come over here and tell me that to my face? Oh, tough guy, uh, too, on top of it. Gonzalez said, I just told, told him once again to put a mask on, and that's when he got mad and pulled out a gun. The man then went back to the kitchen where Gonzalez said the man pointed a gun at him. He said, pointing the gun at me, put all the chicken in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Did he pay, John? 
I uh, wonder. He did not. No, oh. there was plenty of chicken in the kitchen, but no bag. Oh, so boy. the suspect grabbed all the takeout orders that were sitting ready and uh, ran out the building. Gonzalez says, I understand our chicken is good, but I mean, that's some expensive chicken he's got there. It was just pretty stupid and crazy all at the same time. Uh, nobody was hurt. Pasadena Police Department and L.A. County Sheriff's Department are looking for the suspect who fled the scene in light-colored sedan with another passenger. Two, two quick things. Um, a, yeah. don't knock chicken and waffles until you try it, fellas, because it's yeah, pretty everybody tasty. Everybody I know who's tried it loves it. Uh, but oh, B, really? if you're still oh, yeah. the special kind of jerk that, that has to go into a store and you're told to wear a mask and you have to be a giant baby like that, go away. Just go to a different establishment. It, I can't believe this is still a thing. Don't, don't yeah. steal the chicken. And don't <laughs> yell at some poor kid working the cash register. It's not his, <laughs> his or her fault. You should... Uh, Move up to where I live in Hooterville, where uh, I don't think there's a mask in the county. Well, probably <laughs> not. But and, and and nobody at the store is going to yell at you if you're not wearing one. I'm just saying, don't no, be it's a jerk. The opposite, so, actually. Right. It's Boys, we'll actually, be back. Uh, uh, we'll be sure. back shortly. Okay. Yeah. Oh. No more discussion on that. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shushere Show. Easy for me to say. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from Tom Lyman. On this day in 1893, 1893, Senator William B. Dean offered a resolution in the Minnesota Senate recommending that the wild lady slipper or moccasin flower, Crypidium calculus, be named the state flower. The resolution was later adopted by both the Senate and the House following the discovery that this species of lady slipper does not grow in Minnesota. A new resolution would be adopted in 1902, Mm -hmm. changing the state flower to the pink and white lady slipper, Cryptodium reginae. Ah. So see, see the the problem was that uh, this Senator William Dean uh, offered as the state flower a flower that didn't grow in Minnesota. Yeah, that would be so. So you you think the uh, research was a little off? Okay, a little bit. What I don't get is I've seen these lady slippers in my woods, but I never see them in the same spot twice. Like Bigfoot, never two years in a row. I don't understand that. Lady, I don't even know what a lady slipper looks like. I don't either. I'm gonna look it up. The pink lady slipper. It looks like a. uh, you working I on just, that skidoo in your office? What's all that noise? No, we're not. I'm, 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 you know who I'm anticipating? I'm anticipating the arrival of Mike Schoonover uh, with a car. Oh, we had a lot oh. of work done on, and he did a hell of a job. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Detailed it too. I wish it wouldn't. I wish it was a nicer day to have driven home a detailed car. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because in our absence yesterday, um, the the wife gave me several tasks to get accomplished. One of which was. Will you wash the car? Yeah. And I said, you, you realize we're having a winter storm tomorrow. She said, well, so what? I want it clean today. Yeah. And I went, okay. Well, She's that, got a point. Thank God you're pretty. Said, Boy, yeah. that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> ooh, ooh, Chris. Ooh, ooh. Wow. Ooh. Well, well, we might want to back things up. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll be saving might, that stuff, Larry. Yeah, I do a little <laughs> editing before Kenny, you send this one out. You're making the assumption she listens. Well... <laughs> uh, 
You need Goodbye, to... GLers. Okay. I have to go practice space management before it gets too cold. Yeah. Okay. Hey, speaking of that, GLers, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you go. Uh, that will help us increase. We're doing a lot of really cool videos and a lot of future stuff is coming in the works. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, all of our social media channels can be found via the website garagelogic.com. And if you haven't done so yet, download the PodMN app. And you can win rewards just by listening to Garage Logic via the Pod MN app. We'll catch you tomorrow. It's that time once again here, GLers, where we check in with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, and you should check it within today. Call him for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. Josh will always give you straight talk. He's never going to give you sugar-coated advice. He's on the line with us right now. And Josh, you are going to hit on a couple of subjects that are big with the GL audience, and that's cars and sports. Take it away, good sir. You know, I'd, I'd like to think of myself as a car guy, but typically I don't invest car companies in the last year, particularly uh, electric vehicle manufacturers, have been, as my son Judd likes to say, en fuego, on fire. If you take a look at the stock price movement of Tesla, which is not in uh, my port portfolio, Tesla has been the premier EV manufacturer and continues to churn out cars, bringing out more than had been expected. Their earnings last week were mixed, and that did send the stock down. So Tesla did get positive uh, analyst report. Ford continues its uh, move to electric vehicles and General Motors, which we've brought up before, has said by 2035, all they want to produce is EVs. Last night, favorite Apple said to be close to partnering up with Hyundai for the manufacturer. It's actually Hyundai Kia within the next couple of years, and they're going to build that EV in the United States. That gave Apple a very nice boost and adds more another reason to own my favorite fruit company, Apple. As to sports, well, another uh, favorite, a company that I have owned and traded since it was just a small horse racing uh, company, Penn National Gaming, which expanded from horse racing to racinos to now regional or primarily regional casinos. And they cut a deal earlier, I want to say earlier this year, last year with Barstool Sports. Penn Gaming reported earnings uh, this morning. They missed on the top line and bottom line with what analysts had expected. But they did give very strong guidance on the backs of their deal with Barstool Sports, expanding the opportunities with Barstool, as well as uh, opening up some additional casinos that are going to generate some significant revenue. Penn Gaming and other casino operators have had a difficult time, though they can make a lot of money with uh, less than 50% occupancy due to uh, COVID. But as that gets a little further behind us with vaccine and more dates open up, the regional casinos will take off. But in the meantime, all of these regional players, such as Penn Gaming and even Caesars, which still has a pretty significant regional presence, have been involved in online gambling and online sports betting. These companies should continue to do well. Another way to deal with this, Bally's Entertainment, 
which we've talked about before, Sinclair Broadcasting. It's going to be very interesting indeed going forward, and there's plenty of opportunities for the wise investor. And that's the kind of sound advice, GLers, that you're going to get each and every time that you meet with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Do yourself a favor and call him today for that free, free, free 48-minute financial consultation. Do it by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, thanks so much for the time in the chat. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.